trying different things and continuously exploring with yourself and what you want to do in life. It's, it's so important because if I wouldn't have tried photography, I wouldn't have known that I loved it. Hey everyone, you're listening to the 2M Creative Labs podcast. This podcast is about improvement in three parts, learn, share, do. We learn from some talented creatives as they share their process and story on the pursuit of their passions. On this episode, we talk to Gage Horvitz, a professional photographer from Winnipeg who also has his passion for video, coffee, and people. We talk about his incredible travels to Europe and the photography experience he had, his passion for coffee and the idea of trying new things while being okay to fail. Be sure to look out for his photography book coming soon, as well as his video series. Enjoy the episode. Uh, hey everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast and just kind of to get us started, my name is Juan and we'll go around the table. I'm here today, I'm Serena. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Um, my name is Gage, Gage Horobets. Um, I'm a photographer, videographer, I love coffee. <laughs> um, I've been dabbling with a little bit of writing lately and uh, just like a creative in all all aspects and I really really enjoy just creating stuff no matter the medium so nice yeah. that's awesome yeah um, why don't you I guess I've always known you as a photographer first mm-hmm. until you started doing more video and then I realized you wrote a blog and all that stuff how do you kind of get started into the more creative aspect of photography Uh, photography, I'll kind of give you a rundown of my kind of like how I got started. So, uh, there's this thing called Doors Open Winnipeg. Um, and it was this thing I'd never heard of. And it was essentially all these historical buildings in the city that are normally closed off. They open up and it was really cool because I got the opportunity to go see these. And, uh, I went up to the art space building on the roof. First time ever going on a roof. And it was crazy because I was like, this is wild. And I had my camera with me. And that, at that time, I was only really doing video and stuff. I went into that thing. I was going to make like a cool video of the day, you know, like a recap, kind of like a vlog. But then I don't know, just something in me. I was just like, I'll oh, take a couple photos here and there. And then I got the shot of on top of the art space building facing like the three main, like tallest buildings in the city. And when I saw that shot, I was like, damn, this is like really cool. And like photography can be something that I didn't really think it could be. And from that, I, uh, I also met a couple different local photographers that day. And from that, I just went to meet them one time. Um, and it was just like this community that I had no idea existed. And then it opened my, I opened myself up to like film photography and, and, uh, and, you know, astrophotography and all these different things. And it was like this whole world that I had no idea existed, which was like insane. But that process, you can't really do that <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. But f- like for getting started, it's just kind of, you just got to do it and you just got to go take some photos um, because the best way that I found sometimes when I'm in a rut or if I'm, you know, I can't think of like a, a project idea or something, I just go, I just go out and shoot. I just go literally if it's to, like to the supermarket or if it's at a coffee shop, I'll bring my camera, I'll shoot it. And from that, most of the time, like 99% of the time, I'll get another idea from that. Nice. And then it just, just rolls, just rolls after that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, cause we went on this on the street, right? And we yeah. did a video and we were talking about how you get in a rut and stuff. And one of the things that like stuck out to me and I think for Serena as well is the minimalism in the way that you take yes. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Kind of maybe explain a little bit of how that kind of style developed because I can't take pictures of buildings <laughs> the way that you do. And it's so weird to like look at this, <laughs> like even the church that we were shooting or yeah. um, that 
it's like there was a guy that came outside and he was on his phone and yeah. you just kind of see it's I've like the way yeah I uh I don't know what it is I think it's just when I see something maybe I see something a little bit different than other people or maybe it's just opportunity maybe it's just timing um it could be a mix of those things but for me my style has developed a lot like over the past couple of years I started you know doing just totally random stuff, just like family stuff, shooting, random stuff. And then I kind of dabbled into like portraits and stuff. And I thought that was like fantastic. I still do portraits to this day because I feel like photographing people is one of the most interesting things ever because like people bring out the certain emotion, you know, where they're going, what are they doing? And so whenever I'm taking pictures of a building or like street photography in more broad sense, um, street photography, I always try to capture some sort of humanity in the photo because it gives it this certain depth of like, if it's just something, someone walking along the street, they could have like a bright red jacket on, like, why do they got that jacket? Where are they going? What are they doing? And when you take a second to look at the picture, once I, you know, edit and do all that, maybe that can give you a sense of idea and maybe it can like spark like a, a curiosity and that's all I'm trying to do in my photos is whenever somebody looks at it they're just maybe they get some curious about something and uh and if I like humanity and like buildings and architecture is so interesting to me um yeah mm -hmm. and you can tell so when we were out after we shot the video we went to True North Square mm -hmm. and then they were saying that they were expanding yeah, and opening and building up a bunch of high rises in that area, and you were just super pumped about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped. I've always been interested in like the big city vibe, that just like New York, Chicago, and I was kind of wanted that for Winnipeg, but I knew that we're obviously never going to be like New York or Chicago. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just this idea of creating a community in a dense environment. Um, and I feel like we've never really had that opportunity before, but by building true North square and by building all these high rises and stuff, you're able to bring more people downtown to create a more community feel mm -hmm. technically. And that's, that's what I'm really excited about. The buildings are fantastic and they look cool and they're very interesting, but it's that idea of bringing a community into a dense area that like really just like interests me because yeah. then that brings more characters better photos, mm -hmm. little, little stories here and there. And that's why New York is like all time favorite spot because like there's so many different stories, every corner, every street, every little building, there's so many little things happening that it's just like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. New York was fun. Yeah. And like you, it's like a prime place to do things like street photography, just walk around and see and kind of think where are people going and what are they up to in their lives because there's a lot of interesting characters yeah. and i think for community wise um it's interesting that you bring up um bringing people to downtown because a lot of there's a lot of pockets outside people tend to go away from downtown you know the problem of winnipeg pretty much is that we just we keep going wider instead of building up which i don't know that's more of like i was kind of thinking of myself as like a photographer but then i also like i think so much about like I guess the best way to describe it is like community, like not community development, but just like like urban urban development or urban planning mm -hmm. really interests me because like I want my city to be the best it can. So if I'm able to spot out these problems, you know, I'm hoping that maybe we can do something to fix it. And then that whole idea of like that, of like urban development and me, you know, my eye looking for stuff, 
also works into photography and like able to see those little things and mm-hmm. and uh it's almost like everything just works together yeah. in a way but yeah mm-hmm. so you went to europe recently yeah and yeah. i've been keeping a track of your stories just because oh i've been there i've been to this place i've never been to wherever you were um, yeah. kind of explain to me how yeah maybe share a little bit of how that experience was and how that eventually starts to obviously affect how you see the city and in terms of urban planning or just photography wise yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh that was yeah that was a great trip i hit up uh i went to paris i went to denmark copenhagen um and then i went to london i have like a lot of family in and around the uk which is really cool uh going the main trip point of the trip was to go to denmark um copenhagen because i've always heard about the city being far ahead in terms of community spaces and just the collaboration of the city and the people that are living there working together as one rather than the government or like the municipality and then the people kind of like working opposites they're working together and it's it's really good because it shows when i went there their community spaces and the way the city's just laid out is so just it makes sense it's just you you walk down the street and you see something you see like a the the building complexes themselves um they're like multi-purpose so you have like storefronts then you have office space on the second floor and then they're all residential and then so it's everything all in one and then you also have community spaces that are in the middle of these complexes and i took a i took a picture of the the um skyline of copenhagen and it's all like highest building was maybe like 15 stories which you think a city like that that developed is mm-hmm. like weird to think about but it's because they're taking a different approach to development and it's not just about building straight up it's about you know creating these dense pockets that don't seem dense you know because you go to Tokyo you go to these massive cities they're like packed in they're really like just dense but like you go to Copenhagen and it's like it doesn't feel like that at all you feel like you got so much space but it's because they just planned it like to a T mm-hmm. and um Taking photos there was probably a dream. <laughs> it felt like a dream. Um, I woke up one day and I uh, I went on a sunrise mission. This is a little story. I hope my mom's not listening because uh, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that um, No, I uh, so I woke up. It was like five thirty or something, um, and I hopped on my bike. I rented a bike that day. I drove down to it's the Copenhagen or the Danish opera house um, and it's across the river so it looks fantastic and it's this massive building but when you look at it across the river it's just kind of there and it's it's really picturesque so I went on the opposite side of the river I was going to get this the sun was going to rise behind it and I was, I was riding my bike and it had rained the night before and uh yeah I I, I ate it no. <laughs> I ate it on the way there and I had like my camera and everything and I just went over the handlebars and that was that was bad that was tough but uh a testament to how much i wanted to get the shot i just booked it <laughs> i just i had to like push my bike on the side because the sun was already rising i needed to get the shot obviously because it's sunrise right and uh and it ended up being like one of the nicest sunrises i've ever shot in my entire life it was like i think back to like that that morning and it was like yeah it's just like it's insane so like when you know things pop up and roadblocks come at you, you kind of got to ask yourself, what are you trying to do? What, how are you trying to shoot it? And yeah, that was kind of in that moment. I just thought, you know, I really want to get the shot, and it ended up being like like the nicest sunrise ever. So yeah, yeah. 
that uh, that whole trip was that whole trip was very interesting as well because I thought that I would want to go for like a longer trip. Um, so when I you know when I planned it, I was like thinking like oh two months I'm gonna go like live in Europe for two months and just you know chillax. But I realized like two and a half weeks in that I was like that like long term trip ain't for me, and that's very interesting because. Um, you know, you hear lots of like young kids, they're like, oh, let's go travel for, you know, two, three months. It's dope. Um, but, and I thought that's what I wanted to do as well. So I was like, you know, planning for that. But then I just realized in myself, I, you know, by trying it, I was able to figure out that for me, that's not the thing that I like to do for like long-term travel. So it was cool because I learned that about myself. And I feel like this can also translate into creative spaces or anything really um if you're not trying stuff actively and you're not seeking out new things and new problems and discomforts you will never know <laughs> you you just won't you will you'll never know if that next thing could have been your favorite thing or that next project would have been the one to push you over so that's why it's always about whenever i think about it just like create 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 and then just yeah just like keep going because you you don't know that next thing could be the thing that pushes you over to the next level. Also another thing about that, about Paris. So I went to Paris and that city, I've never vibed with the city harder. Really? <laughs> that was uh, in very like, cause a lot of people see Paris as like this, you know, older over touristy spot that, you know, not many people go to or lots of people go to, but it's like, it's, it's kind of old news. You know, it's not like the new, nobody wants to go there in today's age, you know, say going to Paris is like, oh, why don't you go somewhere else? Mm -hmm. um, but going there, it was just, I stayed in a, a district that was kind of outside of the city. Not outside of the city, but more in the out. Yeah, the, uh, it was the 19th district. That's so far. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so far. But what was super cool we about it. We stayed like double, like 10. Yeah, the 10th. <laughs> I, th I want to say it was on like the, the border of the 10th and the 19th. Yeah. So it was still closer, but it wasn't like all the way outskirts. But it was like, I walked outside as soon as I got there, I was staying in a hostel and I walked down, I just picked one street and I just walked down and I had my camera with me and I was just walking along and it felt like, like there's no tourist anywhere. I was like walking by myself and it was, and then the people that were walking on the street, I could tell were locals because, you know, they had children or, you know, they weren't carrying too many bags, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they could have been tourists, but I don't know. Um, and so that was super interesting because I didn't get the hustle and bustle of Paris with all like the tourists. And that's what I think people, that's why people avoid Paris is because, you know, you don't go there because you know, it's going to be just going to be overcrowded with people. But I was so pleasantly surprised with that because I was just, yeah, I was just walking down the street and I could just tell everybody's locals and and uh, I would just, sometimes I would leave my hostel without anything in my pockets and I'd just walk and get a coffee. It was like one of the most relaxing things ever because also like walking down the street, I kind of remembered where I was going and um, I, going into the trip, point of it was to go to Copenhagen. But now looking back at it, Paris was by far like my favorite part of that trip. It was, and the photos obviously were, yeah, classic, those old antique Paris buildings with the coffee shops and the storefronts mm -hmm. and the, the shutters and the, and the graffiti. Oh, it was like, yeah, <laughs> just, just all those classic things that, that you think about when you yeah. go to Paris. And then I just, yeah, just photographed like everything I could. And That's it was, so cool. yeah. I wonder if we missed a whole lot of like being out too close into the center when we stayed in Paris. I don't for know. A few days. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I know. Cause like for us, I mean, for me, I, it felt like Paris was very much, uh, dingy. 
almost in certain places yeah kind of like slow and like dying until you get closer to where it's more touristy and you know Mm. more lively because those places are definitely high profile yeah i would say my only grievance with paris was everything was open at like 10 or 11 which is so late. Yeah, yeah that but, is pretty late, yeah. Yeah. Wait, did I you... Wouldn't, I wouldn't call it dingy okay, at all. I fair. thought it was interesting. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Well, did, were you able to find a coffee shop that opened before 8? Um, yes, good question. This is a legitimate question, because where <laughs> is it? Yes. <laughs> so, um, really cool, actually. And so that was another thing. Before I left, I made, like, a whole... Yeah, obviously, you know me. We'll get into that a little bit. But, like, coffee's, like, one of my big passions. And going into that trip, I made a huge list of all the coffee shops that I wanted to visit like all across the entire city and then on my first day it was like I had done like a 24-hour journey and it was like I was so jet-lagged I was like I need to go get a coffee but I just also want to walk around the city and just you know just feel out the city not carry anything just my phone my wallet just you know just be free and just walk around and kind of get that fresh air so I picked a street walked down and then I found like probably my favorite coffee shop that wasn't even on the list insane i i like couldn't i couldn't tell you like the feeling inside when i walked in that shop it was probably i'd say about like like 12 feet wide and it was just this small counter espresso machine basic menu and this one person just making coffees and it was like suit and there's like a couple tables along the wall yeah it was like the coolest coffee shop that's so cool yeah it was uh and that one opened at nine i think Bruh. So, <laughs> how long do we wait to get a Starbucks? <laughs> yeah, I think even Starbucks didn't open till ten. Yeah, exactly. and that was considered very early. Yeah, we looked up on Google Maps because I guess we were in like the main touristy area because we we're trying to get into the Louvre, right? Oh, because yeah, because we were doing art things. Yeah, yeah we, were, mm. we were doing a museum tour, right? Which we did one big one. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so big. Yeah, but dude, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, that was uh that's kind of the the whole base of the trip. Yeah, mm, just, that's what we should have done. Pursue coffee and live outside, <laughs> literally almost out Paris outskirts. Yeah, yeah. I guess the, I guess that's the the new thing. I guess Paris Apparently. outskirts and and coffee. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we did it wrong. We did it wrong. <laughs> we, we should have consulted you. It's like, cool. Damn. if you have any Paris advice. I mean, we did good for, for like, vegan uh, pastries, I would say. That's true. There is a Um, vegan pastry shop in Paris. So I think uh, for Paris, that was more of the focus was get croissants (laughs) and uh, see all the art. Yeah, for Um, sure. But So I've always, so when I first went to Amsterdam, uh, in the Netherlands, actually, Mm -hmm. I stayed in a different city. I went to Utrecht instead of Amsterdam, which is where everybody goes. And I lived in the outskirts for a couple of days, like two or three days. And I could, to- I totally get what you mean when it's like very, like lots of locals and mm-hmm. people kind of just live there. Yeah. The journey to get into the main city um, was one of the more interesting aspects of it, I thought. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess because I, I actually didn't plan that trip very well. I probably should have stayed within the inside of the city, but uh, it gives me a different perspective of how people actually live in places that we don't live in. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we go to Europe we go to asia and we see it as like let's go see things we don't really see it as uh we live here mm-hmm. and we're part of the city you know yeah. Yeah. and that probably affects how you see creative and like photography in that regard right yeah that was um interesting that you say that because like yeah that was the main idea for my trip was to go and get a feel for living mm-hmm. you know um so not being i didn't i barely did any sightseeing um, when I was in those three cities, 
like for Paris, for example, all I did was, you know, walk around, get coffee and just mm -hmm. observe, you know, people and their lifestyles and what they did and, and um, <clears throat> just go get a feel for like what it's like to see like a local in Paris. And, and the same thing for Copenhagen, you know, this is a, just, I was there for a week. Um, looking back at it, it was a little bit too long um, just because I think it was the place I was staying in as well. It was very tight, very compact. So I hadn't, I hadn't had like a lot of privacy like while I was there, which was nice. I could have, I wish I would have booked an Airbnb or something for like a half the stay, but it's all in hindsight. Can't yeah. change that. So yeah, that was, that was the thing. It was just like seeing how people in different countries in different areas, um, and even in the same city, how, you know, it differs from the South part of a city to the North part of the city to, you know, Paris, for example, like people in the first and second district are, you can tell are, they're definitely of a more class and a more wealth. Um, I don't know. That would just, make sense. Very much so. <laughs> uh, that's the best way I could describe it. And then, yeah, like, and then when I was in the district that I was staying in, like you could tell the people, it wasn't, they just seemed like they had a bit more just relaxed nature about them. And mm -hmm. it was very interesting to just like walk around and go into a supermarket and just, you know, I don't know, just observe, just see what's going on. Yeah, that was kind of like the main idea for the trip was just to, get a living vibe and mm -hmm. and not really go to see anything yeah. just go to like experience absolutely yeah. no and i think that's a really cool way of traveling um because you brought up be living in the city that you travel to london will always stick in my mind as a place that is very much not what i had expected going into it okay because i see all the photos it's always portrayed in movies and mm -hmm. it's weird when the first time i went there it it, it was very. I was very hard pressed to find anybody that, aside from places like uh, Tower Bridge or Big Ben, people that you see there are literally just going through their lives like on a normal day to day basis. Mm -hmm. Like those things, like the bridge, the clock, any sort of like I guess notable tourist spot was also part of their life, which was very cool to see. Yeah, and. It was very different to kind of be that one person that like stops because this is like, oh, this is a thing. Whereas in Paris, it's like you go to the Eiffel Tower to see it. You don't go through it or you don't live your life with it. Yeah. Um, and it's a very interesting perspective. How was your, what were your thoughts on London? Because I got to get into that. Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> we, um, we both love London. Yes. Right. So I'll kind of explain my, my background with um, the family and stuff. So I have family that lives in Beckenham, um, which is about a 20 minute train ride from Victoria. Um, so it was like still considered in London proper. So the first day that I got there, my cousin, who's he's kind of like a cousin, uncle, if you want to say, I don't know, best way I could say, he's not really like, he's family, but not like direct family. Right. Um, so complicated. It's so complicated. <laughs> Family's just complicated. It's, yes. Um, <laughs> especially when you get to like those relatives and you're like, I don't know what the, I know your family, but like, what is, you know? <laughs> what um, are you? <laughs> what, what are you? Um, yeah, so he so he's a photographer and he's also a uh, videographer and um, just like myself, but he's a little bit uh, well, not a little bit way more successful than me, um, just because he has he's made a career and he works for a company and he does videos and he produces videos, which is at like a very high level for uh, very high profile companies. So it's very interesting to see. We went out for a little photo shoot. Uh, we went to Soho. Piccadilly area. Um, we went there at about 11.30 at night, um, right? And this was on the Friday. So yeah, so clubbing night, everybody was out, bunch of drunk people, fan, like just the perfect set for street photography. Like I couldn't have asked 
for a better setting because there's so many characters, there's so many interesting scenes and kind of like New York and it's like London is almost is very similar to New York. Um, but I just say in a more European aspect. Um, but the thing is that if I was to describe London to anybody, London is the least European city that's in Europe. If that makes any sense. Is it in Europe anymore? <laughs> I, guess it's Europe, I, guess, I guess it's Europe like the... the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, let's but, not get into that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll that. Um, right. But yeah, that's because it's so... It's London has become very uh, Western in in many different ways, culture-wise and, and just the way that the city looks. So yeah, we did that on the first day and I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. We did, we took... I took so many photos <laughs> and that took a long time to edit. And then, then we ended up going to the uh, Thames Barrier Park, which is um, like a beautiful park. We went there for sunrise, which was like also made it that much more amazing. It wasn't as good as the other sunrise, which is still pretty spectacular. And yeah, just the whole like idea of London I really enjoyed because I'm, I'm just a sucker for the hustle and bustle and just capturing that. Mm-hmm. So London very, very well, like gave that to me, gave that me the opportunity to capture like people just, you know, just grinding and in the rat race. I don't like, I would never enter the rat race myself of like, you know, working my way up a company, but it's fun to capture that because it seems like there's a certain solitude in that. And I make, I think that makes for good pictures, interesting pictures. So yeah, but nice. uh, interestingly enough, with all the London photos I've taken, I haven't posted many of them on my Instagram, um, but I'm planning on making a little book with all the London street photos I took that night because there is, I realized that I could probably make like, there's about like 50 that are like, that I would consider like really good Dang. for myself. So That's on so that. exciting. Yeah. So it's just going to be like a little little zine, a little saddle, uh, saddle stitch book that I'm going to put together and saddle stitch. So she's always been big into zines. Yes. (laughs) I love zines. I could like, they're so quirky. I love them. Yeah. They're, it's the perfect medium for when you don't have enough work for like a, a, like a gallery or like a book, Yeah. but it's more than just like a file on your hard drive. Exactly. uh, Just do not put staples in it. Please do not put staples in it. (laughs) Get it bound. You'll you'll have to tell me about how to do it because I need help with it. Once there's staples in any kind of printed material, I view it as disposable. So do not put it in there because your work is not disposable. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. You're going to get an earful of of, of that. It's it's good. It's good help because, I mean, you know. I've seen some of her zines too, and it's nice. So. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> but no, I totally get what you mean. With like street photography in London is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe you can share a little bit over your experience and maybe connect that with. Um, so I was trying to shoot a lot from low. So okay. like there were some really pretty steps near, I think it was St. Paul's Cathedral. Okay. And because it's so like busy especially in that area right yeah i found that people would almost kick my camera because i'm like putting it down right and yeah but really nice shots like really nice shots i uh that's one of my things that i like to do as well is is shoot low um because whenever and like i don't know like shooting up here at eye level you see everything from eye level exactly so by shooting low or so by shooting down up it's a perspective that isn't normal right so Mm -hmm. when somebody looks at it's just instantly more interesting than any other shot. 
So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. There's one thing that I also was doing in London. I had my camera like down here, like just at the hip, and I would just hold it like this, and I'd be walking through like a crowd, so, you know, in Piccadilly and in the subway, and just hold the shutter button and just hold it on like on like continuous shutter. And uh, I got some like pretty decent ones of just like like from looking up at mm-hmm. somebody, and they had literally had no idea. So it was also perfect because they didn't like see my camera and keep walking. They really just had no idea a photo was being taken of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I find like those are the best moments when you somebody's completely unaware or like they're caught off guard in the middle of the photo. I don't know if you've ever seen um, Daniel Arnold's work. No. Um, so he's a photographer based in NYC. He's mostly focused around like film photography, but he's like, I don't know how this guy hasn't gotten stabbed or something, but like <laughs> he walks up and he just like in the person's face with like a flash and like it's just complete surprise in the face, but it makes for like some of like the most amazing photos you'll ever see because these people are just completely unaware and they're just like caught off guard or they're just like walking down the street and like they don't, and they realize after it flashes, but it, mm-hmm. and they're also film. So it's like when he takes them, he doesn't, he can't see them right away. So he's not reviewing, he's just going. That's he's crazy. just continuously shooting and then he gets the rolls back and then he kind of reviews after but yeah that his work is kind of an inspiration of mine not so much the film aspect because i've only just recently started shooting film but yeah yeah speaking yeah. of inspirations um are there any other people that stick in mind that inspires you or help shape the way that you take your photos or your videos now definitely <laughs> um I think when I first kind of started my YouTube journey, if you will, I was really like inspired by Casey Neistat. I know he's become like a very mainstream creator, um, but I, and this is going to sound like very, started watching him before he did the vlogs, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure probably hear so many people saying that, but like I really did. I, I was watching his stuff in like 2013. And then when he started doing the vlogs, I was like so pumped because I loved his short films and now he's doing one every day. And it was like, it was amazing. And then it inspires me because his way of filmmaking is very just, just go and do it. Just go film it. Just do it. Just make us, but don't focus so much on the, the cinematics or the technical stuff and more focus on the story. And I kind of take that and less his style of filmmaking, um, more his like his just method behind it because when you focus on the story and when you focus on, you know, what you're trying to convey, it comes out much better. Um, and yeah, so I kind of drew a lot of inspiration from him in terms of like mainstream film, Quentin Tarantino, big, uh, big inspiration. I love his work, Daniel Arnold. Um, I don't know. There wasn't a lot of photographers that I really drew inspiration from. That was one of the things that I kind of just did it. And I just kind of found my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas video, I had a lot more just, you know, inspirations and stuff like that. Um, in terms of like a not really creative inspiration, Gary V is like a very big inspiration for me. The whole idea of just don't give, you know, don't give, don't care about what anybody thinks. Don't, you know, just do your own thing. And you'll find your way is like very has helped me a lot and um yeah so those are kind of mm-hmm. those kind of the main inspirations for me that's awesome kind of going through but they change you know and uh as they should right and, yeah. yeah and that's why you know if you don't vibe with somebody or you're not enjoying what they're saying then there's a reason you know you're changing you're always changing so now that makes a lot of sense yeah. i think and it's funny to hear like the inspirations that you have and like looking at the work that you've done. And I remember watching a bunch of your vlogs and it's like, oh, this is very, you know, this looks very Casey Neistat-esque, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. right? And 
yeah, it's, it's really cool to see how those inspirations shape a lot of your work. Mm -hmm. I want to transition into coffee things and For your, sure. first of all, how's the coffee? I thought this was really good. Yeah. yeah. Which way, which uh, which brew is this? This one is from Monogram. I Monogram, got it from okay. Tom Bargain. He said it's like very strawberry fruity esque. Okay. Yeah, I was getting that. It's like a little bit a little bit lighter, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, this is good. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How like come it. how where is this uh, I guess ability to taste the different notes of coffee coming from for you? Oh man. Um <laughs> <laughs> the best way I can describe it is I never thought I was going to drink coffee. Like I literally had zero intention of ever drinking a cup of coffee or becoming a coffee person in any fashion. But that was just my ignorance of not knowing what coffee was actually about. Because for me at that time, when I was younger, I saw coffee as like a Tim Hortons, Starbucks type thing. And I didn't know it could be what I'm kind of doing now. And so I'll just backtrack a little bit. You know, I started drinking coffee, like always like classic double-double, you know, two cream, two sugar. And then I kind of got like on the milk, a little bit lighter, still with a little bit of sugar than just milk. And then I eventually started drinking black. And once I started drinking black, I started realizing oh, there's some different tastes in here. This is interesting. And then I started, you know, going, when I went to coffee shops, I'd ask, you know, what kind of coffee do you guys have? Just, you know, starting to learn that there's lots of different roasters. And then from learning about all the roasters, I learned about that there's things in coffee that are called notes, these tasting notes that when you're roasting the coffee, you can bring out certain tasting notes in certain types of beans and and everything from the elevation and the process that the coffee is is washed with and, and um, the temperature that it's grown at. All these variables can bring out different flavors in the coffee. And I was hooked. <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. I was instantly hooked. And um, so I just started tasting every single type of coffee I could and tasting them side by side, um, sometimes in threes. By doing that, I was able to distinctively distinguish the differences between each one. And with the help of, you know, the notes that came with, like on the package or whatever, on the bag, I was able to kind of also say, oh, this also kind of tastes like, strawberry or this also kind of tastes like um you know almonds or or pecans or you know it has like a as a lighter body or it's it's a little bit it's almost silky so yeah just by tasting a bunch of different coffees and continuously tasting a bunch of different coffees i've kind of been able to create a little bit of a palette which i never thought i could do because like i have a question yeah go ahead. do you think this skill is transferable because you know how there's sommeliers for wine or like people for tea you know what? I'm, I might break some hearts here. I think it might be like <laughs> just something that I think to a certain degree, yes, to a certain degree, you can, you can train your palate to like taste different things. But I think, I think there might be a limit because like, I don't know, sommeliers and, and things of that nature, like they're able to taste things that, I don't know, just like, it's, it's interesting, you know? And it's like, it's hard to even think that, you know, when you're drinking wine, you can taste tree bark or dirt or, or, Guava. or, or like, <laughs> or leather, you know, like how do you, what do you, who tastes leather? Like who, who goes and takes a bite of their couch? Like, I don't know. Like that doesn't, doesn't really make, I don't know. It's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's another thing that I, you know, looking at, so taking the coffees, looking at the notes that they give you on the bag and going and tasting those things. So like tasting a strawberry and tasting an almond or dark chocolate. Your couch. 
you're my couch. Um, and just, and tasting those and then comparing them to what they say is in the coffee Mm -hmm. or what, what kind of notes they did. So I feel like you can train your palate, but it's, you kind of, you got to really love it. You know, you gotta, like, I, I, I love coffee, man. Like I'm, I'm drinking coffee all the time. Like I'm always trying different things and, and that's maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a possibility, but you really got to like love what you're drinking and you got to just try so many different things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to immerse yourself, I think, to be mm-hmm. able to develop that. And it's interesting because I wonder if there's ever a point where like there must be right where it's like you're capped that you can't there's things you just can't taste yeah as unfortunate and heartbreaking as that could be it's like you can't taste lychee yeah (laughs) whatever how many times you try it yeah it's not something that clicks with your palate maybe i don't know if that's like a genetic thing it's like um cilantro cilantro some people taste it as soap no wonder they don't like it right (laughs) yeah so you're screwed if you're telling you if you're wanting to be a sommelier and you're like well i don't know what that tastes to me it tastes like soap Mm -hmm. right but to other people it might and because we brought emma um zarati she was one of the baristas at tom bargain and we were talking about things like tasting notes and developing that palette Mm -hmm. and it is a lot of like you know trial and error and learning more and more and consuming different kinds of things which is i guess the thematic uh, episode for this is just try stuff right yeah um, whether it's like a creative style or coffee yeah um, for sure yeah because like when i don't know for the best way i can describe it is when you when you're trying new things and you're trying you know um, different types of coffees and you're able to see the differences like it's it it makes it that much more like distinct and you kind of taste those flavors a little bit more i think it's it's just about a little bit of self self-awareness you know like not everybody's going to be a smallie because you know genetically maybe you just don't have a good palate and that's like a thing you can train it to some degree but you know you just might just not have that ability to taste all those different you know things that come out um and that's another thing as well as like you know the beauty of coffee is everybody's got a different palate so if i might taste almonds nuts and and you know dark chocolate but you might taste totally something totally different and go into like the meaning of life here but like (laughs) um that's the beauty of of humans in life is like we're all different we're all able to see something in a different way and that's amazing it's like it's the coolest thing ever that we're able to you know like do different things but also be able to like compare and contrast and like and just learn something you know may seem one way and you might see it that way and that's fine, but somebody might see it a different way, but you guys just don't see how it's different. You're like, you're like no, but it's like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting with coffee because everybody's got a different palate. No two palates are identical. That's like, that's like a, unless maybe you're twins, but I don't even think twins have the same palate. Like, it's just like genetically, there's so many differences in like genes and all that. So um, it's getting a little bit sciencey here, but <laughs> genes and whatnot. Um, no, cool. But yeah, it's trying different things and continuously exploring with yourself and what you want to do in life. It's it's so important because if I wouldn't have tried photography, I wouldn't have known that I loved it. If yeah. I wouldn't have started drinking coffee, I, like if I would have just said, oh, no, I don't want to drink coffee for, you know, my whole life, I would have be a whole part of my life that I've been missing right now mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be I probably wouldn't be here because I wouldn't have done photography and I wouldn't have done video 
So it's just simply about just trying it. Just that's it. It's that's the best. That's the best advice I could ever think of. Is just just try it. You don't like it, move on. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a huge piece that um, I'm very much all for, and that's why I guess I also gravitate towards that uh, Gary Vee movement of like just go try stuff and mm-hmm. like figure it out and see if you like it or you don't like it. If you can't try it, there's lots of videos online. Yeah, especially for things like creative because I find like I'm a very strong advocate for photographers to learn to draw Okay, and it's probably because I came from fine arts school but it's because when you take photos you see things you capture it it's very quick whereas if you draw it you have to actually observe things like textures and how light sits and these sorts of things Right, but there's a strong adversity and maybe anxiety I don't know for people to learn that skill because it's not photography mm-hmm. um yeah, so I would agree. Trying things is useful because yeah. maybe it doesn't help you, but maybe it does. Yeah, exactly. It's the the biggest thing is like obviously like regret, right? You know, like you don't want to get to a point where you can't draw or you can't do this. And you're like, what if I drew? You know, mm-hmm. who knows? You could be the next like world class painter or world class artist, but you just never picked up that pencil or mm-hmm. you know. And that's why like um, like growing up, I was like. I, I played hockey and stuff and I, I like I love the sport of hockey like it's one of my favorite sports I played it it's like kind of like it's a part of me but uh, at a certain age I, I kind of figured I'm not going to the NHL you know you can, and that's all about just like I was self-aware with myself I was like I'm not I'm not going to the NHL I still love the sport I can still play it I can still watch it but just knowing that you know understanding and being self-aware of who you are is like the biggest thing that I say has been my strong suit in the last like two years because I I graduated high school and then I got out and I didn't go to university right away because I was very I just didn't know what I wanted to do just had no idea and then I just really just started you know testing myself and testing and seeing and trying different habits and 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 seeing you know what like what what do I what can I do what am I doing and how what am I good at and Mm -hmm. and you know and and I find like that's like the number one thing that's helped me with anything is just being self-aware. It's it's massive. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a commonly thrown around word now that um, it's hard to really dissect what people are saying when they say they're self-aware. Mm-hmm. It's, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... Ultimately, you look at what they're doing in terms of what they say they understand about themselves. Yeah. And it's very apparent that, you know, you've tried so many different coffees. If you said that you love coffee, <laughs> but you're out there drinking Tim Hortons all the time, but haven't tried other stuff. And maybe you love Tim Hortons coffee and that's fucking dope if yeah. you do. Without having tried other stuff, mm-hmm. it's hard to say that you love something or um, you love the concept of coffee because yeah. you don't actually understand it. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess like for me growing up, it's always been like, you can't say you hate this thing cause you haven't tried it yet. Mm. Um, as my mom would say with yeah. whatever we were eating, like, <laughs> that's definitely and true. I would just be like, no, I know I'm going to hate this thing. <laughs> and there was a lot of missed opportunities growing up as a kid that I look back now. I was like, I should have tried that earlier. Cause then I would have get, I would have enjoyed it and they would have fed it to me more, Yeah, you know? <laughs> so you have a project coming up with coffee and yes, um, you're creative. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. All right. Um, so along with this passion of coffee and uh, and tasting different coffees and 
adventuring out and and trying uh, and experiencing different roasters from hopefully around the world. Don't know that yet. Um, <laughs> um, global. A global. Glo- I, might, I might be. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I am going to be starting a little show. I was going to do it weekly, but I realized that it's unsustainable if I do it weekly. I'll be tasting two different coffees. Um, I'll just like a sit down video. I'll brew two coffees using my V60 and I'll just taste two coffees talk about the coffees talk about the roasters in like that's like main focus is like bringing light to these third wave specialty coffee roasters that are doing things that are different and interesting in the coffee world and really it's for it could be for somebody who loves coffee loves specialty coffee and they're like oh this is a great show i get to learn more about roasters but on the other hand it could be for somebody who drinks the basic coffees you know store-bought superstore uh, maxwell house whatever you whatever it doesn't matter whatever like that you know, classic coffee drinker, it could be for them to open them up to this whole different world as well. So it's just for, you know, the two opposite ends. And I really want to just taste as many coffees and talk about the roasters, bring light to all these cool and interesting um, companies that are starting up. And it's pretty much like Wine Library TV, um, but with coffee. But um there's certain things that, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Wine Library, but obviously there's certain things that I'm not going to do on there. I'm obviously going to take my own ideas, my own concepts, and I'm going to work on bringing people on the show and tasting the coffees with them. So then, as I was saying about, you know, like direct palate, you know, no two palates are the same. Taste coffees at the same time in the same room and see what those differences are and see what this person tastes versus what I taste. And yeah, also just have a conversation sometimes, but sometimes it'll be just me just chilling on my couch, mm-hmm. tasting some coffees and, and yeah, that's the, that's the project. And, uh, I'll just, whenever I get new coffees, I'll just make a video and, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the, that's the project. <laughs> that's cool. <Right? laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think it's super cool to put together, um, like two huge passions of yours, right? Like mm-hmm. making videos and creating on top of your love for coffee, but also being able to share it with the world. I think there's something to be mm. said about like when you like and like are just absolutely enjoying something, you want to share it with people, you know, and yeah. like see if you can bring them the same joy that you have. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. And like you do that with coffee and that's pretty, that's pretty dope. So, <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. I'm excited for that. So yeah. when's the first episode? Uh, first episode will be out on, Monday this coming Monday so that's the I think the 11th maybe no no it's like the 13th I think I think so mm-hmm. yeah Monday following for now I don't know um but yeah it'll <laughs> first episode will be out and then yeah I'll just be tasting coffees and um having a good time nice so, yeah I'm uh, I'm pumped to just just put it out and just you know because like you said like making something that I'm so passionate about just sharing that feel like that's also something that's lost because a lot of people just create to you know get a certain amount of of attention or or fame or wealth or whatever you want to call it and this is purely just like two of my biggest passions and it's shown because i've just done it i didn't like plan it i didn't like you know ponder it i just thought of it and then i just did it and it was just because i wanted to do it so bad that i was like okay i'm gonna film it already filmed about four episodes so far um so a testament to how much i wanted to do it and and yeah so it'll be it'll be coming out soon yeah 
Very cool. <laughs> we should do something like that. Like coffee? Tea. Ooh, tea, <laughs> tea yes. Tea. I know nothing about coffee, so <laughs> um, I try. Yeah. <laughs> You've tried some coffees here. Well, I've tried coffee. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it, so... Mm-hmm. Watch a watch a bit of the show and learn a little <laughs> bit every now and then, right? Um, I mean, I've got a lot of like probably questions about that because if you're just doing V60s, what about the other methods of mm. brewing? But um, I'll put that as a something that well, you want to talk about. Oh, that. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll give a little sneak peek here. So well, not really <laughs> sneak peek, but um, my plan is to start with doing V60s, um, and then I have an episode planned where I'm going to buy. Um, Cafe Postel um, has a has a cold brew called Boulevard, as well. Sheepdog has a has a cold brew called it's just their their cold brew. So I'm gonna do a cold brew episode, um, and eventually I'm gonna hopefully do a, an espresso shot episode. Really just change up the the style. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a couple other plans, but keep those under wraps. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a very in depth, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could share something with people who are starting out, whether it's creative or just trying something new, you know, maybe getting out of high school or getting out of a long-term job or something, um, what would you share with them? Like looking for something is always, always keep an open mind um, because like starting out, you know, you can be so close-minded and you can have like a way that you think is, is you know, you've kind of maybe been following for your life and, and you just think that that's the way that it goes but when you have an open mind and you're open to try different things like we said before but it's it's just it's a lot more freeing in terms of like just living because when you're when you're open to like do different things and you're open to try different things i don't know life is life just gets good life just gets good when you just when you're open and you're just not caring what other people think and i know that's a very hard skill to learn it's not easy it takes a while some people don't ever learn it but you know, trying stuff and not not being afraid to fail, not being afraid to, you know, you know, mess up a couple of times. I feel like for me, failure is like like my favorite part of the creative process. Because when I fail, I get to learn. When I win, I, there's not a, there's not even half as much learning as there is in failure in winning. So that's why I continuously enjoy failing because the next time I'm going to learn from that. And if I fail again, I can learn from that. And you just continuously are learning from failure. Don't be afraid of failure. <laughs> that's one thing that's very important. And yeah, you just kind of, you just got to be open. Don't be too closed off and just really just also do what you love. Don't, uh, don't let anybody else's opinions be, you know, cloud your judgment or, or whatnot, because if you start, you know, working towards other people's goals, that's when you lose yourself. That's like right there. It's gone. So you need to always be on your team, you know, play for you. And that's, yeah, it's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. It's it's crazy because it's like you have to be self-aware to figure out what you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in order to figure out what you love, you have to go and try things and figure out what you don't love. Yeah. And by figuring out what you don't love, that means that you've failed a bunch of times, which means you've learned. And it's like this sequence of things that all stem from just go trying. Yeah. You know? Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Like, and, so. and that's what I always think about, too, is um, I love photography right now. I love coffee right now. I love video right now. But 
10, 15 years from now, will I like those things? There's no telling if I will or will not. And, you know, people try to figure out, you know, their lives and they try to figure out where they're going to go and where they're going. And I don't think anybody's ever figured that out. <laughs> Nobody's ever had a clear cut straight ahead, you know, direction that they go that always works out 100% the way they planned. It's just, I don't know, it's just the world. The world is just, that's just the way the world is. When you're trying to do something, it'll go 13 different ways, but you just got to understand that that's part of the process. And you got to, you'll learn to love that part. And once you learn to love that part and, and, and being inside of doing something and, and not knowing where it's going and just enjoying the fact that you're doing it rather than the result, that's when, you know, that's when it really just takes off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a very good way to really wrap this episode up. Yeah. And, um, I guess, Samir, do you have any other questions that we'd like to ask Gage? No, no, that was everything. <laughs> and uh, I guess just uh, just to close it out, um, where can we all support and find your work and especially moving forward and seeing, you know, your projects? And right, right. So I got, got the Instagram. Um, it's gage.img. Uh, my YouTube is Gage Horobets. Uh, might still be under my old name, which is Peg Vision. Um, that was old school for anybody who's been around for a little bit. But yeah, those two on YouTube, mostly just post there. I also have a website. So if you want to do that, that, that has links to everything. Um, that's just gaychorbetsphotography.com. And yeah, there'll be the, oh, the one thing that I didn't talk about was the zine um, or the, my, my, the photo book. Um, that'll be quickly. Uh, so I'm doing a photo book. It's going to be about St. Boniface and it'll be out within, by the end of the month of January. So, uh, I'll be posting about it on Instagram and I'll be posting about it on my website, literally everywhere. (laughs) Probably make a YouTube video about it too. Um, and I will be, yeah, it'll be like a, 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 kind of like a culmination of a, of about a year and a half's work of just taking photos around St. B and um very stylistic book um so yeah that'll be that'll be out as well soon so yeah do you want to sell it here i do okay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, do you want to do a book opening here Whoa, that'd be dope yeah would you actually like we're running like a little uh, we'll help you run it oh 100 percent yeah yeah yo first (laughs) first. okay yeah no 100 percent. that'd be dope well when when that book uh is going out you let us know and we'll be promoting that and people can pick it up here and wherever you know they can get it from you directly or Yes. Yeah. Also, there's wall space for photos if you want it. <laughs> bring over some prints. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. No, yeah. that's awesome. Have you ever yeah. done a book before? Just nope. as a short question. Nope. Nope. Oh my so, goodness, that's cool. And you're doing a book in a zine. <laughs> yeah, a book in a zine in the same in the no same staples. Yeah. No. no staples. <laughs> no staples in 2020. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess the, that's a wrap. So thanks for again for uh, doing this episode of this. I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the episode. Consider giving us a rating on iTunes and subscribing or following the podcast and share this episode with your friends. Word of mouth always helps. Also, send Gage a message on his Instagram at gage.img saying you listened to this podcast episode. Consider supporting his book launch and we'll see you in the next one.